Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined each and every week for the state of the program by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Nalin. Eric, welcome in, bud. How's it going? Good, good. You know, uh, it's kind of the calm before the storm a little bit here. Uh, not only is there some recruiting coming up uh, with uh, Texas um, looking for a commitment tomorrow, potentially, from DeAndre Robinson, big defensive lineman out of Orlando Jones, and then Corey and Gibson, potentially, on Saturday out of Lancaster, uh, Texas. Uh, but we're right at two weeks, two and a half weeks away from fall camp starting. Um, and so the calm before the storm, it's it's really starting to get that. And I can feel that football is in the air kind of, right? Um, yeah, you got media days. And then, uh, you know, we start writing the uh, previews for uh, for fall camp. So it is an exciting time. Also, you know, it's a little uh, little nervous excitement, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, you gotta, you're waiting for things to happen, the other shoe to drop and see what, what happens with two key commitments or two key uh, prospects for the Longhorns uh, at need positions. Uh, Eric, speak to those two guys and and where you see them fitting in. You wrote an an article, uh, I think it was earlier this week or late last week, about how you see DeAndre Robinson and and his importance to the University of Texas uh, from his position standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you know, the most important uh, recruit in the class is Colin Simmons, but the most important important position group to me has been uh, interior defensive line and Alex January is a good prospect uh, but they need a lot more than than just January uh, and you know DeAndre Robinson is big and can move I could think he, I think he plays uh, either of the defensive tackle spots uh, you know kind, kind of similar to Tavondre Sweat I would throw that ranking out of the out in the trash I don't agree with that at all um, you know he just seems like the guys that the Miami would have beat you back uh, back within the 90s and Florida in the 2000s you know that sort of player and that's that's exactly what Texas needs going into the SEC not just going into the SEC uh you know in perpetuity but especially in this class you know i think he could play at least somewhat early um and you know Texas is probably going to lose at least two you know maybe three defensive tackles this year and that's not ideal heading into the SEC yep uh DeAndre Robinson a big one for them as well uh at at that position and the reason being is not only to, to Eric's point, not only uh, do we throw those grades out with the, you know, I think the coaches do as well at Texas. They've been on him, Bo Davis in particular, to shard choice uh, from the very outset. Um, you know, we look at it, then Corey and Gibson comes down on Saturday. We believe it's between Texas and Clemson. What's the very latest you have on that situation, Eric? Uh, confidence in the Texas being able to win, uh, get him over the line. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much been the theme with him. You know, I know that Clemson's made a spirited push, but, you know, my, my best sources are, you know, still confident in Texas pulling that one out. So, you know, we'll see. It's, uh, you know, I, you know, in recruiting, you always have to, to try to understand what you don't know. Uh, there could be some some factor that I'm not aware of, but, uh, you know, the people that I trust the most feel good about UT's chances. So we'll see. Got a uh, big cornerback uh, prospect, defensive back prospect out of Lancaster, South Dallas area. Uh, for the Longhorns there. All right, uh, before we get get going in and talk a little bit about the the preseason as it heats up, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, Our sponsor is uh, Adam Lowy over at the Lowy Law Firm. Each and every week, he sponsors the state of the program, and we appreciate him. Uh, If you've been injured in a car wreck or had been injured on the job, give Adam a call at 512-280-0800 or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. Either way, you'd get a free consultation on him, uh, and uh, he'll go from there with you and uh, your loved ones uh, as y'all move forward in a difficult situation, most likely. All right, Eric, talking to you now about the the football team. Uh, We talked a little bit, or I wrote an article this morning for Inside Texas about what are they going to do at defensive back right now 
they have two guys that potentially could start at field corner, one of which has started for two years at his previous team, and that's Gavin Holmes. And then they have another one, Terrence Brooks, uh, who ended the season as good as any defensive back on the Texas roster. Um, are they just simply going to fight out for that position, or is Texas going to look to be a little um, uh, creative in how they are able to get those guys both on the field at the same time? Uh, well, I don't think they're going to get them both on the field at the same time unless uh, Brooks goes to the boundary with Watts. To me, that makes the most sense because Brooks has the physicality you want. Obviously, you know, both Watts and Brooks could play safety if, if, uh, if, they, if they were motivated to. Uh, they've got the size and, and physical strength to do it. Um, I, I don't see Gavin Holmes playing in the boundary. I see him running with uh, the fast guys like Xavier Worthy, which, you know, really uh, we're impressed the most last in the spring was running with Worthy. Uh, not many people can do that. You know, we didn't see anybody that re really could do that last year. So uh, I think Holmes stays in the field. Um, but, you know, if Watts is going to be the starter in the boundary, we know that. If Brooks is the overall number two cornerback, then it gets interesting because then Watts, doesn't meet, to me, doesn't have really a primary backup. Um, Malik Muhammad, who I think we need to be reminding people of, um, has the physicality to play, I think, boundary eventually, but, you know, not necessarily the size, like, you know, at least it's the way they want to play the position. So they have three guys that could play field corner. They got uh, two guys that could play uh, boundary. I, I wonder if it ends up being Holmes and Muhammad to the field and uh, Brooks and Watts to the boundary. You know, we know they like to rotate their players. Those guys run a lot. I think depth is a huge advantage for the team, especially going into the fourth quarter. Uh, when they've got all those snaps, they can just disperse uh, across way more bodies than most of the teams that they're going to play. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it plays out. But my, my thinking is it'll be Watson Brooks in the boundary. They get Brooks uh, groomed to, to take over for Watts the following year, yet he still plays a lot, gets a lot of valuable experience. And then Holmes and Muhammad in the field. But I'm not sure. You know, that's what August is for. Let me ask you this. Um, what happens if Jalen Catalan can't go? injury just con continues to keep him down or he gets re-injured. He's been injured the last two or three seasons, I think, and not been able to complete them. Um, is, is that a scenario where, I don't know, Jade Barron gets pushed back there and gets a look or Ryan Watts actually tries at safety or is he really cemented at that uh, yeah, I, boundary I've corner? Asked, I've asked people in the past about Watts moving to safety, just, you know, his, his sheer size and his range would translate probably even better there, but uh, there's no, there's no hunger to do that. Uh, I've never picked up any, uh, you know, there's definitely some people that think it's a good idea, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to happen when the decision makers are involved. So, uh, and, and it's tough to move Baron to, uh, to safety, I think, um, just because he's so important at, at, at uh, nickel star, they're going to, they've got a lot of plans for him. He's going to, I think he's going to create even more havoc this year than he did last year. So it's hard for me to see him, uh, him moving now, you know, they could hope that, you know, Keaton Crawford uh, with uh, with the spring behind him and another fall camp is ready to go. Uh, B.J. Allen showed signs of life uh, throughout the spring. Um, you know, I, I, it, could they move Jalen Gilbo? I don't know. Gilbo, it's, it's a heady position, but Gilbo does have some of that uh, that dog in him to fly downhill and, and make some, make some uh, hard hits in the alley. Uh, I don't know. But, but you know, they, they better have a plan. We need to figure that out, Bobby. I, I'm sure we'll, we'll learn more about that. Um, in August, you know, Jalen Gilbo missing uh, all of spring and just getting back to health now in seven on seven. Uh, I think he would be a piece that could figure there just because he's got sort of that mentality for it. Similar mentality to Catalan, maybe not quite as much size right now. That's interesting. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, in, in looking at this and wondering where exactly uh, Texas goes in the secondary. Uh, if, if there is movement, the, the thing that strikes me is I feel like they've got to cross train some guys this spring or this fall, right? Because Austin Jordan's cross-trained, but he's not one of the top four or five 
at this point. I mean, they don't have a lot of guys that have really cross-trained at this point. I mean, and I, and I understand why. Last year, they didn't have the numbers. They were just trying to get the right guys on the yeah. field at the same time. You know, they kept things pretty basic in spring. We'll, we probably will see more cross-training. They didn't even uh, they didn't even discrep- uh, make a difference between boundary and field during the spring. Uh, those guys were playing either one. Um, and so, you know, Catalan wasn't there in the spring either. So – or he was there, but he wasn't. He wasn't participating. Uh, so I, I think we'll see more of that in August. I do think that um, there's plenty of guys that have the head to do it. You know, they have the understanding of the playbook at least. It's different angles, of course, playing. Uh, you know, when you switch positions. Uh, but I think there's a lot of know-how back there. I think even Jalen Gilbo would have a really good understanding of the playbook. Uh, and you know, part of uh, you know, part of the allure for Gilbo. You know, I'm not saying he was looking at a transfer portal or anything like that. But they, you know, they do have to sell these kids. They have to keep recruiting these kids. Uh, to stick around. And I think they were looking for a more dynamic way to get them on the field. Uh, maybe they go to six DBs at times, you know, a dime look. Uh, so I, I could see Gilbo getting a look cross train there, but they're not going to move a entrenched starter, I wouldn't think. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com. We appreciate him uh, each and every week here on the state of the program. Uh, as well, Eric, I, I, I got to ask you about this. And that last week, we haven't talked uh, on air here yet about the Texas and their appearance at the Big 12 Media Days uh, and what all went on there uh, at length, at least at this point. Steve Sarkeesian uh, and his group, uh, including uh, Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, Jalen Ford, and Jade Barron, all showing up uh, and in Dallas or in Arlington, excuse me, uh, for uh, Media Days. Anything that you took away in, in from what you heard those guys say that, that you think is important to pass along? Well, before uh, media days, I'd mentioned because um, I and I wrote this because I had a feeling it was going to come out. But, you know, Quinn becoming more of a vocal leader. I think that's important. Um, and then, you know, I also touched on what I thought was the what was being most over undersold about the team uh, during the offseason. And I, I do think it's depth. You know, I think uh, a lot of times we focus on the top line starters. That's exciting. Look at the wide receivers. Look at, you know, there's a lot of top line talent. Uh, but I think they're going to win games when games when they don't have their fastball um, and, you know, it becomes a war of attrition. I think they're going to be able to pull away in the fourth quarter because of depth. You know, depth depth is usually thought of as, uh, you know, what if somebody gets hurt? Uh, but as a rotation tool, keeping guys fresh, uh, being harder to go uh, for the snaps that you're out there, you're going to make more of those snaps. I think that's a huge advantage for Texas. And I think it's something that, you know, might become a storyline this season if they start you know, maybe languishing for the first three quarters or maybe struggling at times. And then the fourth quarter, they just kind of turn it on because they have a lot more gas in the tank than the, than the team they're playing. I really, I agree with you uh, in some respects. I, I look at it and I think there's only one position right now on the team that doesn't have what I would call adequate depth. And that's yeah. edge. edge I, mean, yeah. I think they've got adequate depth at quarterback, running back, uh, tight end. At least they have two that are ready to go. Um, offensive line feels deeper. Wide receivers certainly deeper. Even the young guys have shown some stuff. Defensive tackle looks good. Linebacker. I mean, people don't realize this because they everybody spent so much time focusing on who's going to be next to Jalen Ford, which mm-hmm. we think it's David Benda and or Maurice Blackwell. But you got to remember, you got Jeff Jet Bush there, who's ready to go. Leonga Lafau had a nice spring, and then you have you know super freshman Anthony Hill, right, uh, in that mix. And then, and then we just talked about all the the situation. It, uh, in the secondary. So I really think end is the only one where I don't look up and say, you know what, Texas doesn't have the depth it wants or needs at that position for this year. Yeah. I have to agree with you, you know, Baron Sorrell and then uh, behind them, it's, you know, you know, well, are they going to try to keep Dre Bledsoe there? They take it with him at, at D tackle. He played D tackle quite a bit in the spring. 
you know, Christopher Ross, I think, I think Christopher Ross is going to play more than a lot of people expect this season, uh, somewhat out of necessity, but somewhat out of being in the, in his proper position. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of proven depth and I feel good about linebacker. I, you know, Jet Bush has been uh, kind of beaten up by the fan base at times, but being back in his right position uh, for the second year, I think he's going to pay dividends. He looked good in the spring game. He knows what he's doing, which is half the battle at, at uh, linebacker. Uh, really th- there's a, it sets up well to get, uh, get experience uh, for LaFowle and, and Hill, but also not throw their feet in the fire. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Hill, Hill, I think is going to take off some of the burden of edge play uh, in, in, in his sort of a uniquely defined role. Yeah, that, that's interesting because I, the more they can do with him and get him on the field in a, in a way that doesn't, uh, that he's not stretched um, from a inexperienced standpoint yeah. better, because I think he's potentially the biggest playmaker they have on defense right yeah they're gonna they're going to definitely uh bring him along as a pass rusher first but that you know they're gonna they're gonna throw a lot at him they want him to learn linebacker too but definitely they know that that his key role this season is probably going to be uh uh rushing the passer or 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 as a blitzer you know he's very talented but you can still catch these young linebackers flat foot and it it takes away their athleticism i think they want him learning on the job uh you know when when they're more in control of the game but as a pass rusher i think he's going to be out there in some key situations this year Got it. Um, speaking with Eric Nalene of in publisher InsideTexas.com. Eric, another thing that I took away from that, and it's somebody that you and I talked about previously. I asked Quinn Ewers uh, while there about players that he thought were looking good in the secondary. One of the names that came up, you know, he mentioned Manny Muhammad that we've talked about, Austin Jordan, but he also mentioned Warren Roberson, oh, yeah. uh, which is good a word. guy that, you know, we, we, we've been talking about ever since he stepped on campus in May. Uh, he was not a midterm guy. Yet people seem to, yeah. to hold him in pretty high reverence. Uh, other, other news and notes like that that you're hearing behind the scenes for the Longhorns? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, you know, Roberson, sticking with him, I, I don't know, did we mention it or not on the show? But because um, I, I had uh, I had notes on him last week, too. It seems like his, his name just is uh, continually brought up. But, yeah, they, they were working him at corner most recently. Um, you know, I don't think that's I think that's just more of him learning coverages, coverage techniques uh, against the best competition out there, to, you know, to cover. Um, but I think he'll end up playing star. But, you know, he could end up playing safety. <laughs> I love everything I'm hearing about that kid. Uh, that doesn't mean that there should be high expectations for the for him this season because there's a log jam at, at corner. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, safety requires a little more experience, but yeah, the future's bright. He's, he's a, you know, the second most athletic safety type of guy out there. Second most fastest guy uh, other than maybe Gavin Holmes um, uh, is him and K- Keaton Crawford. So that's, that's really exciting. Uh, I, I keep hearing about Manny Muhammad if we're sticking in the, in the secondary, you know, seven on seven, he does really well. 
Um, and you know, that's good because that's, that's more of an athletic and, and technique, uh, uh, endeavor than, than playing real football, you know? So you, it's, it's a test of athleticism as much as anything. And I think Malik Muhammad has a little bit better athleticism than, than some people give him credit for. Um, I don't think he's going to play quite a bit this year. One of the things you mentioned last week, uh, and I, I want to bring up this week, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, I believe it was in the humidor, uh, on Friday that Cole Hudson has been working some, a little bit at center. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily Hayden Connor, who worked at it this past spring when Hudson yeah. was out. Um, what, what, what is? Can you kind of define better what you what you were talking about there? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Connor's going to play center at all this year. He had a um, he had a really good offseason. You know, he leaned up uh, quite a bit. Um, I've seen him fluctuate throughout, even going back to his high school career. And when he's lighter, he's more athletic. So I'm actually I'm pretty excited about uh, seeing what Connor can do this year. Uh, but yeah, he'll be at guard. Cole Hudson and uh, Jake Majors. It sounds like they're headed for a competition uh, in August, like a real competition. They're, in fact, they're probably already in a real competition. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that that uh, Hudson's going to win it by any stretch. Uh, Jake Majors has a you know lot of experience. He's uh, one of the leaders in that room. He probably is. He is the leader in that room. Um, but you know, I think they're, the the coaches are looking for a best way if they can improve two positions with one move. If if Campbell comes in and, and plays guard and, and does well, uh, and Hudson can give him a little more size and strength at the point of attack at center, uh, then they're going to tinker with that. Uh, I think they would have tinkered with that a lot more this this spring had uh, Hudson not been hurt. But you know, they want to test. They want to keep uh, pushing Campbell, uh, and they want to they want to push Jake Majors a little bit too. So that August uh, August, you know, there's going to be a lot of pieces about. Uh, competition and center and guard is going to be uh, really at the top of the list. Okay, so I, have, I have a couple more questions for you, but first I need to say thank you to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm. He's been helping uh, injured Texans for decades. Uh, call him at 512-280-0800 or visit LowyLawFirm.com for a free consultation. It's absolutely free. If you've been injured in a car wreck or on the job, uh, give Adam and his group over at the Lowy Law Firm a uh a, a ring or an email, uh, and they will reach out, reach back out to you for sure. Uh, I do want to say this, Eric, as as we go forward and and look at this. One thing that I I still am taking away from Steve Sarkeesian's comments last week, and, and have been trying to noodle on a little bit. He mentioned the idea of is Jonathan Brooks a guy that can de- take twenty carries a game, or is he just an eight to nine to ten running back? Because he said, look, we've seen Jonathan Brooks yeah. be able to do it with eight, nine, ten carries, but we haven't seen him be able to do it to being the main cog, right? right. To being mm-hmm. the main guy. You agree with that? Because I, I, it strikes me as, you know, a coach that really understands his players a little bit at this point um, and also how the game progresses, maybe not only through a single game, but through an entire season with a guy that's been injured twice in his career thus far. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he could be doing a few things with that statement there, you know, telling Jonathan Brooks to get ready because, you know, we're going to challenge you. You know, um, a month or two ago, I wrote, I predicted that he would lose his streak of thousand yard rusher uh, because I had I had that same question uh, about Brooks. Now, in his limited touches, he's a firecracker. I mean, he, he makes big play after big play. It's, you know, I've never seen somebody with so few touch. I mean, it, the, all, all the guys that have ever done it have been great. Um, yeah, but is he eight to ten carry a, a three or four reception guy a game? Uh, I could see that, but you know, I could see that because I think Cedric Baxter is 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 going to be ready. Last last week, I wrote the top fifteen uh, players on the team. I put Brooks at fourteen, I believe. And uh, when I got to that that position, uh, or not position, but that place in the list, um, one of my sources said, "You know, just go with Brooks or Baxter. <laughs> you know, Baxter could be on the list too." 
Uh, and so that's pretty exciting for uh, for a true freshman. We know he's got all the all the skill set. Chris Johnson, the famous uh, Titans running back, was raving about him online uh, last week. If anybody saw that, and he's saying a lot of the same things that you can see if you just look at the kid. He's big, he's fast, uh, and he's you know he's mentally mature. He's just a good kid, ready to work. Uh, and so I, I think yeah, I wonder about that timeshare with Baxter and Brooks. And I, I do think that um, I do think that that uh, Sarkeesian's long, lengthy streak of having a thousand yard uh, rusher is in danger. Uh, but I still don't think have any concerns about the the running game because they've got two really good guys. I, I would I would run uh, Jay Brooks outside zone. I would run um, I would run Baxter inside and in gap schemes. You obviously, you got to vary it up a little bit so you don't become too obvious. But um, I think that it's going to be a pretty good timeshare, and I, I I don't think that they're going to get a thousand yard rusher, but I think they're going to you know combine for uh, you know a whole lot of yards, and then you got other guys that are still going to get carries too. So I'm guessing I, this is interesting. You're you're your uh, top 15 players on the team. I'm guessing, and I know for a fact, Kelvin Banks was number one, right? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who was number two? Just uh, give give people a taste of what you wrote there. Uh, I went with Worthy, and I, you know, I was split between Worthy and uh, Mitchell. Um, you know, th and this is my list, but it's also a list that you know I talked to a lot of people about. I'm not just you know coming up with it myself. Um, and I was had people kind of split on Mitchell and Worthy. Um, some have Mitchell ahead of them. I, I think that Worthy's going to have a big bounce back here, and I, I do think he's going to go back to that big playmaker that we saw. Uh, at the same time, Mitchell's going to be better than him in, in, a, in a number of games. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Um, Quinn, Quinn likes him in clutch situations. Uh, we've already seen that throughout the spring, and, and that's continued throughout seven-on-seven seven when they when they go into two-minute drills and stuff like that. He's looking for A.D. Mitchell because, um, you know, the, the throw doesn't have to be perfect when A.D.'s involved. So – yeah, I went back and forth on those two. And I had a Baron number four. Um, and then I had a source saw, that saw the list, called me up and said, you know, you should have probably had um, Ford there and Baron back. Uh, but I, I'm just a I'm just a Baron homer, man. I, I love Baron. I think he's going to have a huge year. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, if you want to read that and more uh, for Inside Texas, make sure you get a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, not only do we have commitments coming up on Thursday and Saturday, uh, fall practice begins just two weeks away, August 2nd, uh, Eric. And that's something that uh, we always try to cover as well or better than anybody out there and have been doing it for a long period of time. Hey, Bobby, um, Bobby, have you heard of that August practice, August 2nd practice is open yet? No, they have not. They have not announced that uh, at this point. And it's interesting. I don't know how many, if any, August practices will be open this year. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian and has uh, – vacillated in that thought a couple different ways he's done more in the spring than he has in the fall yeah I'm, sure. I'm thinking they'll at least have a, a media window for one or two of them and it, hopefully it's a second because we have that big happy hour on um, august 3rd that you know you don't have to be a subscriber to show up it's going to be at crown and anchor in austin uh on friday august 3rd big day for inside texas and uh you know hopefully we can pair that with with some open media sessions for uh, practice as well absolutely absolutely all right eric nolene publisher insidetexas.com Thanks for listening. That's been this week's State of the Program. For Eric, I'm Bobby Burton, and we'll see you next week.